Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Daily Premier League action and reaction. This is Football Social Daily. How are you doing? Welcome to Monday's Football Social Daily, where we are still just about digesting the drama of one of the wildest weekends of Premier League football we've seen for ages. All of the best of the action was feasted upon by Fergal Brennan on yesterday's episode of the show with Stretford Paddocks, Jay Motti and journalist Rob Blanchett alongside him to tuck into the theatre of Man City versus Spurs and Leeds versus Manchester United and all of the rest as well. So scroll back in the Football Social Daily timeline to find that one. But thankfully though, Fergal has left us the morsels at Molyneux where Wolverhampton Wanderers beat Leicester 2-1. Wolves on the hunt for those Champions League places and just how seriously should we be taking them in the fight for the top four. We'll also be having our weekly Monday moan. Our gripes from the weekend games will be aired to kick off the week and former Arsenal, West Ham and England man Jack Wilshere has finally found a new club. But it's not in England. It's not in any of Europe's top five leagues. In fact, it is a bit of a wild card. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Football Social Daily. I'm Niall, standing in for Jim on Monday's show. Today he's having a well-earned break, the Football Social Daily gaffer. He's away for the next seven days. So unfortunately, you're stuck with me as well as Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Morning, boys. Morning. Um, I think my team did better than his team, so it's a better start to the Monday morning. (laughs) Well, it was a really good game yesterday at Ellen Road, I must say, between Leeds United and Manchester United. Brilliant game at the Etihad between Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur. I think we've really been treated this weekend. Um, Unfortunately for you, Marley, Newcastle couldn't get the win, but I guess you'd take a point against West Ham. It's a shame Jim isn't here so you could dissect the action together. Well, rumour has it he he took this week off because he didn't want to face me after his inevitable beating. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they they scrapped away to a draw. It was a decent game, actually. It was a good game. Um, Yeah, Newcastle should have won it, in fairness, but we didn't have enough up front with St Maximan missing, but... We'll take a point and then sort of hope that Norwich and Burnley and Watford wouldn't get any results and Burnley and Watford pulled off a win, so a little bit tighter mm. than than I like it down there. But yeah, it's, uh, we'll still do all right. I think it's seven unbeaten now, so uh, plenty to be happy about at the minute. 
If you listen to Friday's Football Social Daily podcast with these two, we are working in partnership at the moment with Who Knows Wins and you boys picked your selections for 10 games and the results uh, maybe didn't quite go the way we expected with Burnley winning and Watford winning. Um, We'll pick up on those predictions on Friday's episode of the podcast this week. So make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss that. But there was one game yesterday afternoon, the 4.30 kickoff at Molyneux that wasn't discussed on yesterday's review show and that was Wolverhampton Wanderers versus is Leicester. It finished 2-1 to Wolves. Another three points for them. Joel, when are we going to start taking them seriously as contenders in the top four race? Because they're coming up strong. Yeah, I think you have to now. Um, it just seems as though they're grinding out victories. They're not really conceding too many. They still only conceded 18 goals, which, which is just one more than Manchester City at the moment. Um, and it's just the fact that, you know, they've got two games in hand on Manchester United, so that'll take them level on points on 46 so all the teams in and around that fourth area, they're all going to be within the 49 to 45 points area. So it's going to be a really tough run into this one because there's still a lot of twists and turns in terms of teams that have been that are going to be um, taking points off each other. But Wolves just seem so consistent in their results. Even if it's just a 1-0 victory every single game or if there's just one goal in it, they still continuously do it. Um, I think the biggest part as well is the fact that Pedro Neto's just come back after 10 months out and before that he was such an impressive player when whenever I watched him play and it was unfortunate that he got such a really bad injury um, but now that he's back in the side as well they've got a really strong forward line that seems to be just not not massively prolific in terms of goals but very clinical in terms of taking chances so that's the only worry that I would have I still don't think they're going to be able to maintain it come the end of the season um, just because as we've seen, they dropped points last week and then they, they gained points again. But then again, all of the sides that are going for top four seem to be doing the exact same thing. So I'm just, right now, I could not call who could get it. I just don't think that, for example, West Ham will be able to maintain anymore. Uh, but I do think Wolves are the team that people should be watching out for just because their defence is so good at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And Sol Bamba, the current Middlesbrough defender and former Premier League man on the dugout show on Thursday, talked about exactly that when it came to Wolves. He said that if you want a good platform to build off, the best teams have strong, tight defences. And that's exactly what Wolves have. And they've also shown, Marley, that they've got the propensity to score goals. And everyone was saying this season that Raul Jimenez coming back from that head injury that he sustained against Arsenal last season that was kind of a real turning point for Wolverhampton Wanderers in terms of their attacking options and then Neto gets injured but actually they've managed to find goals even with Jimenez out or not quite as in in as good as form and Neto out I mean it was Pedence the man who came up with the goal to win it for Wolves yesterday and it was a very good strike so they do have the attacking capabilities as well which is clear in the results that they've got. Yeah I think they've got enough Um, it's just about who who chips in every week? Um, you know, Jimenez is obviously right, Jimenez is his twenty goal a season striker. Um, unfortunately, he's not quite been the same since he came back from his his head injury. That's probably the reason why they've only scored twenty three in twenty four games this season. Um, tend to score one uh, and keep them out at the other end. So it's um, it's just about who chips in for Wolves. And you know, Penance played really well yesterday, but. He's, I think he's got one. That was his first goal of the season. He's got one goal and two assists all season. And for a guy as good as him, he should be should be getting a few more. To be fair, um, so with the likes of of Neto coming back now, you look at them up front and and you, you see Jimenez, Pedence, um, Trinsau's sort of 
still getting used to things, I think, um, after being coming in on loan from Barcelona. You've got Pedro Neto coming back as well, and Huang, um, who they signed on a permanent in, in January. So there are there's plenty of players there that can score goals. It's just getting the right combinations each week because with, with the greatest respect to all of them, they're not the most consistent. So it's about like if one of them isn't playing well, can the other one another one come in and score? Can Huang come on and, and nick a goal here and there? Can Neto get back to full full form and fitness pretty quickly? Or is Ruben Neves going to smash an absolute screamer in from thirty yards every week? It doesn't doesn't matter how it comes, <laughs> but Wolves have got enough about them um, everywhere else to to uh, to maintain a real challenge. The the centre midfield's good. It's it, it's probably I'd say it's better than. Man United, I'd say it's on a par with with most other teams. It's probably better than West Ham's as well. If you look at Neves, Moutinho, and Dendonka, they're as good as a good a trio as as you're gonna get, to be honest. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're 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 well positioned for it. I think everyone's scrapping around, taking points off each other, and no one's really stamping their authority on fourth place. So Wolves, they're they're not out of that race yet. I don't think they'll finish fourth, but they're, they're certainly at this point in time not out of the race for for the top four. I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. They've won five of their six Premier League games since the beginning of the year. They're seventh. They're six points behind Manchester United with two games in hand. And Bruno Large said that he feels like his side are on the brink of something special. They didn't really bring anyone in 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 January, at least no one to to really kind of upset the apple cart and slide in nicely to the starting eleven. But with that, Joel, him saying that he's on the brink of something special, is that just momentum? Is that something that the supporters will be feeling now? Everyone around Wolverhampton Wanderers will be bang up for this. And even if they don't finish in the top four, which I'm in the same camp as Marley, I don't think they will do. Even if they finish in a European spot, I mean, that'll be a good achievement for a new manager in Bruno Large coming in and really putting his side in and amongst it. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone would have expected this uh, when he first came in. I think he lost like his first three games and everyone was thinking this is going to just end in complete disaster after Nuno left when he left such a pretty stable ship. Yeah, I mean, um, that first game of the season, Joel, where Nuno Espirito Santo has gone to Tottenham and beats Man City on the first day of the season. And then Wolves lose their first two or three games of the season. Everyone's thinking, oh no, how are Wolves going to cope without him? But I guess it's testament to Bruno Large that he's managed to kind of wrestle control back. And, you know, apart from Man City, they've got the tightest defence in the league this season. I mean, that deserves credit. Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, even when you just look at the clean sheets record, the new signing, Jose Sar, who came in to replace uh, Rui Patricio, who went to Roma. I mean, he's got nine clean sheets, which is the fourth highest in the league. And for any new keeper to come in and get that many clean sheets, it just shows how much strength they have at the back. And I think with the majority of these sides, you know, like Wolves or anyone, any side who has an aspiration of getting to the top four, if you have a leaky defence, more than likely you're not going to be anywhere near it ever. So for him to have such a strong defensive unit, and like you say, after Nuno left, I'm sure Wolves fans were thinking we're never going to be able to replicate this because he had such a... He had such an involvement, you know, in terms of like the Portuguese side where he'd been there for such a long time. He developed that whole side for so many years. Um, he probably had a good connection with George Mendes and the recruitment. And then obviously when Large came in, everyone was thinking this isn't going to work the way we think it was going to work. And suddenly it's not even just momentum now. It's been happening since they had that switch, which came, I think, in around November time when he went on a really good run. Um, obviously they had a few 
inconsistencies in between, but now they're really starting to come into their own and they're getting better now. Especially, like I say, with Pedro Neto coming back, which I think is going to be such a massive boost to them. But um, this is a, a season where they need to really just take the chance because you don't know what's going to happen next season. As we saw with, for example, you know Sheffield United. I'm not saying Sheffield United are, were as good as Wolves, but you can't really rest on your laurels in terms of how good you finish because the next season, everything could turn on its head. So if they really want to, I don't think they'll finish top four, but I mean, if they want to go for the Europa League places, it's there for them to take because every other side above them are just not consistent enough. Um, so it's it's a great opportunity and it's just testament to how well Bruno Large has done with that side, especially for a new manager, his first season in the Premier League and he's made them so stable. And to be honest, I never thought he probably would have even lasted the season after the way he started. Um, but it just seems to have just made them all click and that back three of Kilman, Cody and Roman Seis just seems to be just... They're all in sync with each other. They all know exactly what their role is and um, even the fullbacks as well. When Nate Kilman's uh, been been so good this season, Max Kilman's been very very good. Yeah, yeah, and you, you never would have thought that as well when he first came in. And then you have like you know Nelson Semedo. I thought they overpaid when they bought him from Barcelona, but he seems to just really he, he knows his position so well in that side. So it's all just like a nice ticking time clock in there. Everyone knows the role so well. So it's testament to how well he's done. And anything this season, I think it's just a big bonus for them. I think you're right to pick up on those full-backs or wing-backs or whatever you want to call them because I think we were suggesting last season on this show that them losing Matt Doherty to Spurs and Johnny Otto being injured. I think Johnny's still injured, isn't he? I'm not sure if he's yeah, back yet. Yeah, he's still injured. Um, you know, I think those he's just coming really back, important. Because yeah, yeah. He was saying he's... Had, he, he, Lars was saying he's... Uh, have, have everyone fit for the first time ever, basically. Mm. But yeah, he, he didn't play yesterday, but he's, yeah, he's on the comeback anyway. Yeah, I mean, that would be a big boost for them. But like we were saying, you know, Doherty and Johnny being out or injured or moving on to another club was a bit of a, a damaging blow to Wolves last season. And then for them to lose Jimenez and then the Nuno Spirito Santo thing kind of went a little bit stale. It just felt like it was all fizzling out. But fair play to Bruno Large for kind of reigniting the flame. One person who's been a crucial part of Wolves' success, whether that be coming up from the Championship to then finishing back-to-back seventh places in the Premier League in their first two seasons up till now... In the midfield for Wolves is Ruben Neves, who's someone who's been linked with moves away almost every single transfer window that I can remember in the last few years. He's often been linked with actually Manchester United, if I remember correctly. I mean, he's a very good player and he was on the score sheet yesterday, Marley. Could you picture him playing for a Champions League team? Oh, 100%. Um, I'm still a little bit surprised um, when I when I look at the, the holes in teams that are trying to push for the top four and, and get into that title race. And then I look at Ruben Neves. I'm like, why is so, why is nobody gonna gone for him? Because he walks into every team in the league except maybe City, Liverpool, and possibly probably Chelsea as well. To be fair, um, but you look at Man United with Fred and McTominay, and Neves is twice a player of, of the pair of them. I don't care whether uh, Fred scored yesterday and had a good game or whatever. He's he's nowhere near good enough for Man United. If you look at the whole Man United team. You know, and and you say, okay, they're really weak in in defensive midfield. They need someone who can sit sit deeper and pass the ball. And then you look at Neves, who does exactly that and tackles and gets about the pitch and scores worldies most weeks. You know, he's he's the perfect player to walk into that Man United team. So for for Wolves, I think he's been there what four or five years now. Um, he's he's at the 
the stage in his career, I think he's about 25, 26, isn't he? And uh, he's, he's at that stage where if Wolves, yeah, you know, if they come seventh or eighth, then, then great, they've had a good season. But he's still sort of nickable from for a, a, one of the top four teams. And I can see him leaving. Oh, to be fair, though, he's never really been properly linked with... He's never really been close to a move so far. I don't really understand why, but... Yeah, I mean, I'd be worried if I was a Wolves fan um, about what, like, sort of matching his ambitions type of thing because there are always going to be bigger clubs who can offer more money and, and European football and stuff like that. And he is a he is a fella who's played at the highest level before in his career. He probably does want to get back to the Champions League soon where he captained Porto in uh, in his early career when he was 18, 19. He was captain of Porto in, in playing the Champions League and winning titles and stuff like that. So he's got that sort of mentality and... and um and mm. and ability um so i would i would be a bit worried world cup coming up as well and let's not forget that you know portugal will want to to really make sure that they make the most of the quality selections that they've got available to them we talk about their team obviously ronaldo has said it would be his last world cup bruno fernandes um uh, bernardo silva Pedro Neto might be back involved by that point. I mean, Ruben Neves will be involved, I'm sure. I mean, he'll want to try and cement himself in that Portugal squad, no doubt. Yeah, he will. Um, I think even just mentioning Bruno Fernandes there, it's just another little sort of thing to go to Man United in the summer, like the the relationship they'll already have from Portugal and stuff like that. But yeah, he's... um, I think, you know, he's he's probably in that... Is he in the start 11 most times for Portugal? I think he is, isn't he? So... You look, but yeah, mm. I mean, playing at a high level can only, you know, cement that even further because they do have a fair few centre midfielders on the, on the books. Portugal and it is pretty competitive, uh, yeah. competitive squad. So yeah, I mean, he's doing fine right now, but I would be a little bit wary if I was, uh, you know, if if Wolves did slip out of that top six seven, um, I'd be wary of him. You're possibly saying, you know what, I've I've given you guys five years or whatever it may be when whenever he goes uh, but I'm going to go and try something else now and for me it's an absolute tap in for Man United I've just had a look at Portugal's squad and it's ridiculous it's ridiculous some of the players a lot it's of them unreal. playing in the Premier League though which I think um, it, it does speak a lot actually about how people perceive the Premier League now and there's definitely this Portuguese contingent in the top flight no doubt about it the majority of people would see that at Wolverhampton Wanderers, their manager, of course, is Portuguese, and they look like they're possibly onto big things. The brink of something special, says manager Bruno Large. They did beat Leicester by two goals to one. We should talk about Leicester. It was a similar story for them yesterday, Joel. I don't think there's anything that we can say today that we haven't already said in recent weeks. Promising going forward, but looking fragile at the back. It wasn't a poor performance from Leicester, not like they played in the FA Cup a few weeks ago against Forest, where they were dreadful, but you know, as much as you can play well and lose, it is a results game and the results aren't great for Brendan Rodgers right now. Yeah, and they've not been for a while, have they? It's just, it doesn't seem to be clicking for them this season as it has been in the last two, two, three seasons, really. Um, like you say, they didn't play really badly uh, yesterday. They had massive amount of the possession. They were, Tillian Mann's nearly scored two goals of the seasons as he usually does in most games. Um but it's just, there's just a massive disconnect in that side this season. I don't know really what it is. I don't know if it's a factor of a lot of injuries where some of the main players last season were the ones who were kind of in and out of the side. Uh, obviously, you know, 
James Madison's now in and out of the side, and then James Justin, I think he's just come back, but he didn't play yesterday. And then obviously uh, Wesley Fofana, there's just so many absences, and obviously Jamie Vardy as well, which is a massive one. Um, so it, things just don't seem to be going their way. They don't have much fortune this season. Uh, and then obviously they've had the small issues of you know the players going out after getting beat by Nottingham Forest and... There's just a bad taste where, you know, when you compare it to Wolves, they're the ones who have the really nice, positive vibes, really good upward trajectory. Everything seems to be ticking over nicely for them. But Leicester are just, they're going through the motions a little bit and they're having that season of having to really dig deep and just, you know, play out the season and just regroup because I'm sure Brendan yep. Rodgers is just happy to end it all now. In and a just... strange way, Joel, do you not think that Leicester are kind of having a similar season to what Wolves had last year under Nuno Espirito Santo where Wolves had finished seventh twice in a row they'd got into Europe Leicester obviously finished fifth twice in a row and won the FA Cup so slightly better than Wolves well a lot better than Wolves you'd say and you know now this third season it's been a bit of a struggle for them Um, I'm not saying that Leicester are going to go and change their manager I don't think they will do that but there's similarities between the two sides in terms of the seasons they've had over the last three or four years there's sort of a a profile there that you, you can kind of match up, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree as well. I don't think it's time to go changing a manager. I think Brendan Rodgers has done an like, amazing job over the last three years, even though he's just missed out on top four. But I mean, just putting Leicester in and around the top four is just like a massive achievement in itself. When when you think back to how gate kept that top four is for the majority of the last 15, 20 years. So it's it's a season where they're just, I think it's a bit of a hangover after just missing out of the top four two, in two years in a row where they could have been in the Champions League, it could have completely changed their finances and the amount of players they could attract. I think it's just a bit of the players just are a bit disillusioned with how impossible it seems to be to break into that top four. Um, and like I say, they've just not got the strength of the squad that they had last season where they had fully fit side for pretty much the last two years really um, and now it just all seems to be just not going their way which happens I think it happens to most teams where they're flying high um, and they just can't seem to get it clicking again but I'm sure next season they'll come back but I think it's just going to take a big amount of rejigging and replanning again because I think Brandon Rogers has seen that there's a lot of plays in there that he doesn't fancy anymore and are plays that are not up to the standard less than need to try and get into that kind of top six again, I would say. Marley, you'll enjoy this. I saw someone yesterday of Leicester Persuasion suggest they should sack Brendan Rodgers and bring in Mark Hughes. <laughs> Which <I laughs> you are, you've been <laughs> down the nursing home again. <laughs> I saw it on social media, which is no real surprise. Oh my word. Maybe that will be your get in the sea for this week. I'm going to change the name of the feature to get in the bin. I don't know why Jim called it get in the sea. There's absolutely nothing wrong with getting in the sea. Uh, this is the part of the show where we air all of our frustrations. Some of the things that have annoyed us from the Premier League weekend. We'll do it next after this here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the show. This is FSD, Football Social Daily from Sport Social. I'm Niall. I've got Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor alongside me. And every Monday on the show, we like to air our frustrations about the weekend's Premier League action. Anything that's got our back up, well, now's the time to spill those beans and get it off your chest. Get in the sea is what's normally called. Um, But seeing as Jim's away this week, I'm changing it. I'm changing it to get in the bin. So I hope you two have come armed with your gripes and frustrations from the weekend's Premier League action. Um, I've certainly got a couple of things that I want to get off my chest. We'll start with you, Marley. What do you want to put in the bin this week from the Premier League? What's got you back up over the last couple of days? Uh, to be honest, not not that much this week. Um, there was only the the small thing. We've kind of mentioned him slightly earlier on, um, and it. I was watching match of the day last night, and I was uh, I did get a bit wound up by Casper Schmeichel um, and his reaction to Daniel Pedence's goal um, when you know Pedence takes a great touch, slams it past him in the goal, um, and his first thought was, "Christ, what can I moan about?" Um, and then he gets up and he, he he runs towards the referee with his arm up, pointing at uh, at Raúl Jiménez, and he's he's trying to make the point of um, can you know I can't see I can't see because he's offside, and it's like he was just flat out lying about the whole thing. Like Jiménez was offside, but nowhere near, um, no one nowhere. I think the argument his, was blocking his, his line, line of vision. View. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and he just wasn't though. He was miles away. Um, and also, it, should they even be offside? I know, it, I know, it is technically the rule that it is offside, but should it be? I, I, don't, I don't really know if it's unintentional, like it, like it ever, like it would have been if uh, if he was even in his line of sight. But yeah, I, I don't like uh, goalies that moan about everything because goalies are a, they're a strange breed anyway. You've mm. got to be a bit, you know, have you have a screw loose to be a goalkeeper? They always say, don't they? But um, yeah, I don't like how they moan about everything. Like everything's always someone else's fault. Like some goals go in and they're just they're just good goals. Like they they can one can fly past you whether you're the best goalie in the world or not, or your centre back can get out jumped from a corner by their centre back who's got a five yard head start on him and therefore can jump higher. Um, yeah, this one just flew past him, went in the corner, and he's just thought, oh, no, I've got to I've got to try and cheat my way to to not conceding that goal and it just annoyed me a little bit yeah I think Schmeichel's had a few question marks over him this season actually in terms of I thought he should have saved Neves' goal as well yeah I, I can understand I that, I mean, that yeah. there were a couple of question marks over over him and whether he's kind of at the level he was but I still think he's a, he's a decent goalkeeper I still think he's good enough to play in the Premier League and I think you get that sometimes with goalkeepers you just it, it, I mean, the level of goalkeeper now is so much higher than it was even 10 or 15 years ago in the Premier League. I just think um, goalkeeping is, is moving on. We're seeing more of these goalkeepers with an angle towards distribution rather than being very good at commanding your box and stuff like that. I wouldn't think of someone like Alisson, for example, as a goalkeeper who is able to command his box, but he is someone who is not only good at 
the fundamentals of saving shots and quite good in one-on-one situations but the distribution side of things you know kicking out from the back that seems to be such a big part of the game now so definitely think we're seeing a change in goalkeeping I can understand why you're annoyed about that um I'll throw in mine before we come to Joel a couple of moments for me really didn't like um seeing Anthony Alanga get hit with a coin on the top of the head uh in that Manchester United versus Leeds game yesterday now we know that there's a rivalry and there's hostility between the two sets of supporters you do get a bit of boisterousness at the football whether that's Um, before the game outside of the ground or in the stands with people chanting at each other and kind of hand gestures and all the rest of it that's kind of I think part of the makeup of of British football and has been like that for a number of years but don't go to the ground and throw coins Um, if that hits Anthony Alanga in the eye that can cause some serious damage and you know what's what's it worth hitting him on the top of the head with a coin so I, I quite enjoyed seeing him score actually he could have scored straight after getting hit on the head with the coin but he missed his chance but at the end of the game he did get one more and he put it away so I was quite glad to see that I thought that was uh, I thought that was mature from him as well to kind of continue and and uh, kind of just get on with it after being hit with a coin on the top of the head but my main frustration from this weekend comes from the Manchester City versus Tottenham game at the Etihad and it's those people on social media and this is always a thing that happens when any team wins either in the last minute or they win a big game complaining that Tottenham celebrated like they won the World Cup (laughs) I'm sorry they've just beaten a team who have won 14 of their last 15 games they've given up ground in the race for the top four they've lost their last three Premier League games in a row they've gone to the Etihad the man who was supposed to be joining Manchester City in the summer but didn't Harry Kane has come and really put it to them I mean, I would be going absolutely mental in the away end as well if it was me and I was a Tottenham fan. So I find that utterly bizarre. People kind of using it as a stick to beat Tottenham fans with that they celebrated beating Manchester City in one of the most dramatic games of the weekend. Don't get it why people have uh, have had a moan about that. So that can get in the bin for me. That's my frustrations for this week. Feel a lot better after that, Joel. So now it's your turn to get up on your soapbox. What do you want to have a whine about? Uh, it's just... It just doing my head in at the moment, this, and I feel like it's the perfect therapy session for me to get it off my chest. Is the fact that the fickleness of social media fans these days is killing me, like killing me every single day. I feel like I'm losing part of my soul when I go on it. Because, like, you know, for example, Antonio Conte, after he did that interview with the Italian TV, you would think he was going to get sacked within a few days after doing that, or he was going to leave because of the amount of media coverage on it and fans frustrations on it and like how Tottenham board were just not happy with him doing interviews suddenly he goes away and beats Manchester City and everything's rosy again no fans are frustrated about him everything's fine and it's that's not even just the isolated incident it's literally every single player like for example Harry Maguire at the weekend pops up with a goal um and suddenly, you know, obviously no United fans are saying, oh, he's an amazing player or whatever, but he's, everything seems to be rosy again after he has a good performance and it just does my head in because it's like, it, no matter how bad or how good a player is, they're one game away from getting the worst abuse, um, creating a massive narrative around them, which is just totally ridiculous and so far from the truth. And it just seems to happen every single time, but then as soon as you switch your phone off, and go to an actual ground and speak to people who actually, you know, don't really take the time to continuously message on there. Everything's a different story. Like, everyone's a bit more patient. Everyone's a bit more understanding of situations. I saw that as well this weekend, in a sense, with some Manchester City fans who were kind of, you know, losing the plot over the fact that Liverpool had won and they had lost. 
And it's like almost as if they had all of a sudden given up the lead in the title race to Liverpool. It's just you've lost the game of football. I mean, it's going to happen. You're not going to go undefeated in a season as much as Arsenal did it all of those years ago. I don't think we'll see that ever happen again. You are going to lose games of football. Manchester City aren't all of a sudden a terrible team and they're going to bottle everything. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I saw some people on social media and it's just like, calm down, guys. You know, Honestly, uh, there's still loads of games to play. The, the football's just... What ne- the next game changes everything consistently, and Liverpool. Everyone's forgetting Liverpool. I think they've only lost three games in all competitions in the whole year, uh, in one year, like one whole year, which is massively ridiculous how consistent they've been. So yeah, like you say, I mean, how how better do you want to go? They've just gone on a fifteen game unbeaten streak and won fourteen of those games. I mean, how <laughs> how much better do you want from that? You can't really do really much more, can you? Um, it's just the fact that Liverpool have been quietly, continuously winning games, and if if you want to win the league this season, you have to do that, be consistent. Um, so yeah, it's not the end of the world. And I've seen stranger things happen. For example, Liverpool losing a league when they have a nine-point advantage with like four games to go. So everything can change, but it's just the fickleness is just ridiculous. And a player can literally change the narrative about themselves with a decent performance and everyone suddenly forgets about everything else. So yeah, I take everything with a pinch of salt, especially when there's these very flippant journalists making these articles about managers who are on the brink, then they win a game and suddenly everything's perfect again. So yeah, football's just a, a toss of the <laughs> coin moment. Never change football. Otherwise we won't have a get in the bin section to talk about on a Monday. There's always going to be something that annoys us from the weekend's Premier League games. As I said earlier, most of the games have been reviewed by Fergal Brennan, Jay Motti and Rob Blanchett on the weekend's episode of Football Social Daily. That came out on Sunday, looking back at all of the best parts of the weekend's Premier League football. Uh, one player who used to play in the Premier League, but has now decided to change things up after being a free agent for a while, is former Arsenal and West Ham man Jack Wilshere. His next club, who he's just signed for, is a real wild card. We'll talk about that next here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily. I'm Niall. I've got Joel and Marley alongside me. And Jack Wilshere is a name that many football fans will be familiar with, particularly considering his Premier League career. Formerly of Arsenal, spent many a year at the Emirates Stadium before making a switch to West Ham United. Didn't really work out for him at the London Stadium. He has had trouble with injuries. Of course, he's fallen out of favour in terms of the England team as well. He was an England international, an England regular, but really probably since Gareth Southgate's been the manager, which is getting on for six years now. He hasn't really been in the fold. Was last playing in the Championship at AFC Bournemouth. That contract expired. He wasn't offered a new one. And now he's finally decided to put pen to paper on terms at a European club. But they don't play in France, Italy or Germany. They definitely don't play in Spain. He signed for Aarhus 
a Danish club? This is a pretty weird one, Marley. So is it a case of fair play to the Danish club Aarhus for pulling this one off? Or is it just simply a mark of where Jack Wilshere is at now in his career? Um, it's probably a bit of both, if, if we're honest. Um, we know he needed, you know, obviously he just needs a club. He, he's been quite vocal about it recently. I think there was um, a sort of a funny video that he did with Paddy Power recently, um, sort of reminding everyone that he was he was fit and available and needed a uh, needed a move. That could have could have well the Aarhus team probably seen that and thought. What if we try? Like, what, what about that? Um, but yeah, it's he needs a club. He need he just needs to play. Um, I think for his happiness more than anything, I don't. It's not about getting back in the England squad or getting you know back to the Premier League. I think it's just about playing for him now um, and proving that he can stay fit for a little bit and still affect games. Um, I am a little bit surprised no one in the Championship went for him again. But you're probably looking at at the reason for that being that he's. Um, like there's not just nobody can really afford him. Like I, I would back him to go to like Derby, for example, and, and work with Wayne Rooney. But um, Derby have got the the money issues and stuff, so it's probably just a financial thing that that cut a lot of people out. Um, well, his reported then, wages, Marley, is only five thousand pounds a week, and yeah, that's probably the most you'd be able to expect if you were playing for a club like Aarhus, who aren't exactly the sort of big hitters in the Danish league. You think of the likes of Mitchelland and FC Copenhagen and, and teams like that. They're the kind of big names that you see in the Champions League from time to time. But Aarhus, they're not a team that you hear too much from. It puts them on the map a little bit now. Um, you know, you talk about, you, you know, when you think of Danish football, you think of Copenhagen, Mitchelland, Brondby and, and, you know, teams like that. But Aarhus now will be, everyone will be like in two years' time, like if you say Aarhus, everyone will be like, oh, Jack Wilshire played there, didn't he? Um, and, and things like that. So it just sort of improves their profile a little bit, um, puts them on, on the map in a more, more international sort of way. Um, nobody will be tuning into Aarhus versus Randers in the next few weeks, but, you know, that's that's not what it's about. It's just about him... You know, being happy playing football again, and you know, Denmark's a lovely country. It's uh, it's it's a nice place to live. I think I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd, I think I'd fancy a little uh, six months or a couple of years in uh, in Denmark if if the opportunity came to me in in Jack uh, Wilshere's sort of condition and and stage of his career. So I think it can only be good for everyone to be honest. He was never going to get, you know, a, a move to a Premier League club or a top end Championship club. So. When you're thinking thinking of it from that angle, like why not go to Denmark? And everyone speaks English in Scandinavia anyway. It's not a it's not a language you instantly have to learn or or um, you know just suffer with. It's uh, it's it's a nice place. So fair play to him. Are you surprised, much like Marley Joel, that he didn't get picked up by a club in England or even someone in Scotland? Maybe why do you think British clubs weren't interested? Do you think it was the money side of it? Because he's obviously willing to settle for five grand a week. Do you think that there are other elements, whether it be his injury record, whether they don't think he's he's able to kind of to get up to speed quick enough in terms of getting match fit? What do you think the elements might be as to why he's not playing on these shores? Uh, I just want to say I might start looking for flights for Denmark now because Marley's really convinced me <laughs> that beautiful <laughs> explanation. <laughs> um, hey, great yeah, seafood think... in uh, in Denmark, mate. <laughs> oh, I need to be going to the Medi for that. Um, but yeah, I think with this situation, it's a case of just beggars can't be choosers, really. Um, he's been without a club for, what, two years now? 
And to be honest, it seems as though he'd just been living off that, I think it was it 2011, 2012 season where he burst onto the scene and just seemed, nothing seemed to be the same after that. And 10 when, years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, this Madness is what I mean. You can't, you can't keep using the reputation from a, a, a pull-out season. Yeah, when I think of Wilshere, I don't think of his time at West Ham. I definitely don't think of his time at Bournemouth. I just think of him playing really well, I think, against Brazil. Against in Barcelona. A match for England. <laughs> a really well in a match against Barcelona for Arsenal and then him scoring an excellent goal I think it was I'm not sure who it was against but it was a no, really good team goal that he finished off for Arsenal those are the three standing moments in my head that stick out for for me when it comes to Jack Wilshere so I guess that you know we are talking about events that happened many years ago so that surely does play into it yes yeah, so I, I guess then are we saying that Jack Wilshere is a bit of an illusion in our minds of what he actually is because he's never really proven that he's a consistent player season in season out it's more just a flash in the pan impact which he had and that was when he was what 20 years old now he's 30 years old um and he's, he's had to just settle for a team that would offer him a contract and you know what i think it's just the case of like marley said he just wants to play because i think he's been um he's been training with arsenal for the last two years now trying to get match fit and he's had seemingly no offers or offers that have been satisfactory to him for him and his family as well I'm sure so I think it's just the best case scenario for him of not being too far away from home having a country which is stable and is good for family life and I think he's had to think about more things rather than you know going off to Saudi Arabia and earning a, a massive amount of money I think he probably could have done that but it's just the case of being able to consistently play but I think with Wilshire it's a case of I don't think what I think everyone has in their mind something that he's actually not and he's never been. And it's just the fact that injuries have just probably taken that away. But I don't know even still if that would have been the case. Um, as like we say, when we think of Wilshire, it's like three or four very, very good games or like half a season. It's not five years where he was on a consistent basis of doing it in the Premier League. So yeah, this is the way it's gone and it's unfortunate to play his careers, but um, at least at 30 he's still got a club I mean there's many players who've had to retire early I can think of one Andre Schurler, um, who had to retire at 29 because he, his drop off in form was ridiculous after he went to Dortmund mm. so yeah at least he still has a club and he can still play but yeah it's, it's, it's a tough situation for him I'm sure he's really frustrated how his career's gone So Aarhus is where he's playing Marley but do you think he will return to the Premier League one day or now at 30 years old no. playing in the Danish League is that it for him? playing in the top flight here. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um I think he should probably be thinking about what he wants to do next. Um there's always I mean there probably will always be English interest in him. It's just whether he wants to play at that. I'm sure like you know, five grand a week. I reckon League One teams looking at him and going, We can afford League we can afford that. Like look at all the, the, the big hitters in League One now, like Sunderland would probably pay that. Um yep. you know Well they can afford to pay Jermaine Defoe, so I'm pretty sure they'll be able to pay Jack <laughs> Wilshire. Yeah, they well, they'll, they'll be paying for Jermaine Defoe's retirement home in, in about a year's time, won't they? So, <laughs> once you get that off the wage bill, um, yeah, you know, there's, there will be, there'll always be interest in him. We'll probably never know of the interest because it'll always, you know, go through his agents and whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I think he should be thinking about what he wants to do after, um, after football now, and and maybe going to the coaching side of it. Um, he wouldn't be any good in the media because he's he's got one of the most monotone, boring voices I've ever heard. He's got no, no charisma at all. You hear him on on the radio every now and again. You're just like fucking hell. It's so 
properly dull person, but he's uh, I'm sure he's got plenty of experience to like hand on to, you know, in in a coaching sense. I, I think he could you know, you see Nagelsmann at 38 or whatever he is managing, uh, or 35, managing Bayern Munich and things like that. So if you're looking at, at it from that angle, you know, he could he could easily go on and be uh, a decent coach if he wants to because he's, he's always had that technical understanding of the game. It's just the physical side of it where he got booted out of games because of how he played <laughs> and picked up loads of injuries and, and everything like that. So... I, feel, I think there could be a, a, a pretty decent coach there, to be honest. Well, that's the situation when it comes to Jack Wilshere. He seems to be sort of trying to build a bit of a, a radio career, a media career in the UK as well, or at least he has been recently. I don't know whether that's just to kind of tick him over financially. Who knows? But he has signed for Aarhus in the Danish league. Interesting one, to say the least. Um, we've had some really odd signings this season, but I'm, I'm all here for it. I like the variety. Uh, and the Premier League this weekend was absolutely brilliant. Champions League games this week. We'll talk about those tomorrow. Fergal Brennan will be back with you on Football Social Daily for Tuesday. But that's it from myself, Marley and Joel for today. We'll catch you next time. Make sure you hit subscribe. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.